All right, I'm so glad you're here today on the inaugural day of two services here at Vertical. Yeah, it's awesome. Way to go, a nine o'clock crowd, it's good. Hey, great things happening. This whole two-service model helps us have more space in here, but it also helps our children's ministry upstairs. As a result of this format, instead of needing 40-plus volunteers on a rotation schedule, we now need 20. That's amazing. I know you're probably scratching your head like, how do we go to two services and need half the number of volunteers? Part of that is because what we gain in this format is kind of like the old school Sunday school where there is a K4, K5 teacher and they are there every week when you drop your child off in that group. So the group that is needed is less in number and they stay longer and build deeper relationships and deeper discipleship happens with those children. So we're very excited about the format. A lot of new people serving in different places. We'll have the same thing in our 10.30 hour. We're seeing God move in so many ways and uh, more space, more availability to make a difference in our community. Amen? So we got, we got room now to invite some more folks and have them come in and see what God is doing here. So I really hope you will come back tonight. And uh, hey, if this is your moment, if you've ever wanted to dress country and you haven't done it yet to come to church, this is your night, okay? I'll be coming with my cowboy hat on and my boots. So join me tonight. We're going to dress some country. It's our Texas two for one night. So, uh, you know, God has moved so much through this series that uh, I'm going to do something that we just haven't done here at Vertical because I tend to be like clockwork. I like to do things on schedule and routine. But God has been moving so much through this series on prayer. We are extending the series a little while longer because there's so much that we have not even covered yet when it comes to prayer. We've not talked yet about the depth of prayer and fasting. We start that today. We've not talked yet about how when you pray, it's important to pray out loud in certain situations because you change the atmosphere in the space when you pray out loud. Amen? We've been talking bold about praying bold and removing strongholds, interceding for other people. There's more of that to come and some powerful stories through scripture. And God has been blessing already in our church. There's some stories that are coming over the next weeks ahead of how God has answered prayer and moved even recently here at Vertical. You're going to hear those stories and see the real life people that that's happening in. In fact, we're going to be baptizing at the end of this service today. So our plan is as much as possible to baptize in the nine o'clock service. And we'll show a video of that in the 1030 because we want everybody to take part and see what's going on. So you guys get the live version here at nine o'clock. Amen. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. So we know that God calls us to pray and to pray bold, to trust him. He runs to those who believe his promises. He rushes in to answer and to show himself faithful. And he calls us to pray bold. We know that when we pray bold, Heaven moves, angels are dispatched, blessings fall, God speaks, we are transformed, we can intercede for others and see strongholds broken. We can see God move in someone else's life as though they were the ones praying. But he calls us to that kind of prayer. When we pray bold, miracles happen, captives are set free, and God moves in our circumstances. He moves in our home. He moves in our marriage. Today, our message is called Fast to Sharpen Your Spiritual Senses. Now, fasting is one of those things that a lot of Christians don't practice much today because I'm afraid that we are far more in tune with our natural senses than we are with our spiritual senses in this day, right? And fasting's just one of those tough things. I mean, you can go to church, you can pray, you can sing along with a song, but the minute you tell me I'm gonna have to miss a meal, I'm gonna have to deny myself something that I enjoy, Dude, you're going right up against the spirit of this age all of a sudden, right? Because the spirit of this age just says, I feel it, I want it, I'll do it, right? And even among faithful Christians, that becomes the case. But fasting puts us in this place where we say no to natural appetites and desires and say yes to God's appetites and desires he puts within us. Sometimes people say, well, I'm, I'm waiting on God to tell me when I should fast. I understand. But the Bible talks about fasting as a routine and a discipline that's as common as gathering with one another in worship and reading scripture and praying. It's not something you have to ask God if you should do. It's actually commanded in scripture. Now, I get it if you wanna say, I need to ask God before I take a three-day fast, five-day fast, seven-day fast, 40-day fast. I get it, that's right, you should 
consider and ask God. You should maybe even seek uh, a medical professional in that decision. Let me also uh, go ahead and answer a question that a lot of people in the room are already asking inside your head right now. I know the question. What if I'm on medication and I can't fast right now? Great question. I'm glad you asked. Right? Was nobody asking that question besides me? Yeah. Because here's what happens. Fasting is denying any natural appetite or urge. Can be food, but it could be some other things in your life as well. The Bible talks about even husbands and wives not sharing intimacy except when they have not given themselves to prayer and fasting. That could be something you fast from. It could be that you're fasting from some other thing. It could be sleep where you choose to stay up late, get up early to plug into your spiritual appetite and desires. It could be that you're giving up some kind of other thing. Could be social media, could be TV, could be movies, could be seeking the attention of others. There's a lot of other options out there. So don't dismiss what God is saying today because you might be on some medication and think you can't fast today. Amen? Are we all on the same page today? We're we're together. Because we want to increase our spiritual appetites. We want to increase our spiritual desires. But any kind of limiting that we do helps us increase those spiritual desires. So we've been given five natural senses. We're going to talk about those today that are part of our natural uh, design that God's given us in our body. But God has also given us some spiritual senses as well that he intends for us to exercise so that we can know. Because people ask all the time, well, how do I know when to pray boldly? How do I know when to cast down arguments? How do I know when to pray against demonic activity? How do I know when to recognize God in a certain moment? How do I know where God is moving in my life? How do I know when there's evil in present around me? How do I know where to recognize where God is moving around me? How do I respond to God? All of those are questions that are answered when our spiritual senses are kicked in. Those are things that you and I as believers are called to just regularly practice But I'm afraid in our day and time, that's not something that's regular for believers. So we're walking again into some advanced warfare principles here today. I hope you've come for more than just a general, uh, easy church experience. Amen? We're here to dive into God's word. We're here to apply what he says. We're here to change who we are to look more like Jesus Christ and to follow everything that Jesus has to say to us. Amen? So fasting is a sharpening of our spiritual senses because you in Christ are made for greater faith, greater authority in Christ, greater insight into God's word, a greater sense of recognizing God's presence in your life, greater power to intercede for other people and the ability to break strongholds. The ability to, in your own life, see habits broken. The ability in your home to see God show up in powerful ways and change people. To break strongholds in others that are even unwilling at this point to change. God calls us to be able to pray, intercede, and see that change happen. So take your Bibles this morning and turn to the New Testament, to the Gospel of Mark. We're going to read a story here about uh, Jesus and the disciples and what God did in their midst. Mark chapter 9, we're in verse 14, is where we're starting today. I'm not going to put these verses on screen, so follow along in your Bible. Listen along, take some notes today. And here is what it says, verse 14. And when he, Jesus, came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them. So Jesus is making his way into town and he sees up ahead the disciples, but there's a great crowd all gathered around them. And I'm sure at this moment, Jesus is like, oh boy, here we go. Let's do this. Verse 15, immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, now these are the religious bad boys of the New Testament. These are the guys that were arrogant. These were the guys who really didn't like Jesus. These were the guys who were trying to catch him in a lie. These were the guys who stood by the law. These were the guys who didn't like what Jesus had come and was saying. 
And so Jesus asked the scribes. He didn't mind getting up in their business. He didn't mind confronting the consternation, right? Jesus wasn't afraid of it. Jesus wasn't passive. Jesus didn't hang back in the corner and just see and wait what happened. Jesus says, hey, what are you doing? What are you discussing with them? What are you talking about with my guys? What's up here? Verse 17, then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. Let's pause. This man has a son. We don't know exactly how old he is. He's probably middle elementary up and he, this father says, has a mute spirit. There is something in this boy that causes him to not be able to communicate around him. There is something that is dangerous in him. There is something that this father said, this needs to stop. This is distracting, destroying him. This is dangerous. And so he brings him to Jesus and says, he has a mute spirit. There's something about him. There's something evil present with this boy. Verse 18, and wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. This could sound like a physical episode of some kind of physical condition, and it is. This could sound like some kind of mental disorder, and it is. This could sound like some kind of relational, emotional problem, and it is, but at the root of all of it is a spiritual issue. This boy is possessed by something. There are a lot of things in our day today that we call a physical condition, an emotional condition, a mental condition, when in reality it might be all of those things, but it is first and foremost a spiritual condition. Now hear me clear, I'm not saying every, spirit, every physical, mental, or emotional issue is spiritual, but there are many that are because of what God's word says, amen? And in this situation, that is what's happening. There is a clear, visible, physical manifestation problem here. This boy throws himself down, this boy foams at the mouth, this boy gnashes his teeth and he becomes rigid. And here's what the man said. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out. Watch this. But they could not. There was something about this situation that made it where the disciples could not see this boy set free. There was something in this situation here that caused this boy to continue in his troubles, even though the disciples knew they had been given power by Jesus to speak in authority. They had been given the power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. They had been given the power to speak and see evil cast out. But in this situation, they could not. Verse 19, he answered and said, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Jesus is brokenhearted. Jesus is saddened by what he sees here a boy that's possessed and a group of disciples that couldn't, couldn't see the boy set free from his possession. And it says in verse 19, bring him to me. Jesus is full of compassion. Jesus wants this young man set free. Jesus wants this father to know his son is free. Verse 20, then they brought him to him they brought the boy to Jesus. And when he saw him, when the boy saw Jesus, immediately the spirit inside him convulsed him and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. This spirit knows who this is. This spirit recognizes this is Jesus, the son of God. So he, Jesus, asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, 
from childhood, from early, early on. And often he has thrown himself both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. This father is well aware that there's something going on here that's more than just physical because when it happens, the boy tries to hop into dangerous situations and he knows this spirit is trying to destroy him. There are spirits at work today that are out to destroy people. They, that's what they're set on. They're not happy until they are infecting and possessing and destroying God's creation. And they never approach and say, hey, I'm a spirit who's come here to wreck your life, destroy your marriage, make you an addict, cause you to lose all your money and cause you to take your life. No spirit walks up and introduces himself that way. But spirits walk up with some very subtle deceptions, some very simple agreements. And I don't know what happened in this boy. I don't know what happened in his home. But this spirit had taken over in his life. Jesus said, how long has this been happening? He said, from childhood. He's thrown him into the fire. He says, but if you, Jesus, can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. To the one who will have confident faith in me and in my word, all things are possible. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief may seem like a contradiction of terms that the man was saying, Lord, I believe in you, but there's still parts of me that are unbelieving. I want to believe. I do believe. And now help me have more belief in the areas where I'm still weak, in the areas where I'm still uncertain, in the areas where I'm not trusting you yet. Do you hear me this morning? Can anybody put themselves in that situation? Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. There's so much I'm learning. There's so much that's happening. In fact, in this series right now, I can't tell you the number of conversations I've had with people that have said, hey, this stuff about spiritual warfare, this is all new ground for me. Me, too. I'm there. This is all new territory for me in some ways. Lord, I believe you. Help my unbelief in this. I don't know if that's where you find yourself in this series, that Lord, there's some stuff here we've been talking about that your word says that I'm just, it's all new. I'm willing to do it, but Lord, I need some help in my unbelief. Amen? Amen? All right, good. We'll make sure we're all on the same page here. Verse 25, when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Jesus speaks with authority. Jesus speaks to the evil spirit. Jesus commands the evil spirit to come out and Jesus commands it to enter him no more. Jesus commanded this. Now there was something about what Jesus was doing that the disciples hadn't done. It wasn't that they hadn't tried, but they could not. It goes on and it says in verse 26, then the spirit cried out convulsed him greatly and came out of him and he became as one dead so that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. And when he came into the house, his disciples asked him privately. The event's over, Jesus goes into the house the disciples are all kind of huddled around him. It's one of those quiet moments. The crowds have gone away and quietly they say to him, why could we not cast it out? You gave us the authority. You gave us this power. We are your followers. You told us what to do. How come we couldn't do that? Verse 29. So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and 
fasting. Jesus is saying, there is a level of warfare. There is a punch that you and I as believers are called to. But to do so, you are going to have to have keen, sharp, spiritual senses. You are gonna have to know what is in the space. You are gonna have to know what's happening around you. You can't be blind to it. You can't be ignorant of it. You can't pretend it doesn't exist. You are gonna have to be so dialed in spiritually to know what's happening before you can stand in this kind of spiritual power. And I'm afraid the church today has lost this kind of power. The ability to recognize false agreements, strongholds. Instead, we've identified them as physical issues, emotional issues, mental issues, diagnostic issues, and we've not been able to recognize them as spiritual issues. And Jesus said, this kind of freedom, this kind of bondage breaking, this kind of stronghold breaking only comes when people pray and fast because that is what builds your spiritual senses and sharpens them. This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. All right, let's talk about some things here today. God has designed us with natural senses. We have the ability to relate to the world around us by our five senses. We have our sight. I can identify what's happening around me by what I see. I can navigate. I can move through my house. I can drive down the road. I can observe. I can see what's going on around me. I can process because I can see I can see faces. I can identify people. I may not remember their names, but I can identify a face. Hello? And so I see God has given me this ability to naturally see, to navigate in the natural world. He has also given me the ability to hear. I can listen to conversations. I can hear the words you speak. I can listen to music. I can listen to the sounds. I can hear the birds in my backyard. I can hear the people behind me that have the chickens. I can hear all of that. I can hear thunder. I can hear all the things that are in the physical world. God has given me the ability to hear physically. He's also given me the ability to touch. I can sense what is around me. I can sense textures I can sense when something is close. I can reach out and hold my wife's hand. I can pick up a plate of barbecue chicken. Hello? I can use all my senses in that. I can touch and experience the world around me. I can also smell. I can smell that it's getting close to the time for a fire pit in my backyard. Mm. You can almost smell fall in the air. Not quite yet, but it's coming. I can smell rain when it's coming. I can smell my wife's perfume. I can smell when one of the grandkids have a dirty diaper. I can, I can smell all of that because God's given us that sense, right? And he's also given us the ability to taste. Mm. We've talked about food already this morning. Hello. Some barbecues, some some strawberries, peaches. I can taste. I can taste stuff that's good. I can taste stuff that's terrible, you know? I can taste some stuff. I notice that if the milk comes out of the container curdled, you know what it's going to taste like as well. I can use my other senses to avoid that sense coming into play. Hello, right? You can, you can do that. That's how God has designed us. This is how we navigate our physical world around us. This is how we move through it. This is how we understand. This is how we appreciate it. This is how we relate. Now, funny thing happened. If you had COVID, you lost a couple of these senses for a time. There's some folks in our family that had it a long time back, and they're still dealing with the effects of not having their sense of smell and taste, right? It was during that time. See, I'm not, a, I'm not a big seafood eater, but I know I should eat some seafood. I just can't get past the smell or the taste. Well, when COVID happened and I didn't have smell or taste, I thought, maybe this is when I'll get used to eating seafood. So, my, you know, Heather bought me some salmon and some other stuff, and I started eating it, and I'm like, 
Yeah, can't taste it. Awesome, healthy, good stuff. The minute my senses all came back, made some of that again, nope, can't do it, sorry. It's cannot do it, it's cannot. There's something about the smell of seafood for me. So, but when you don't have your sense of taste and smell, you reduce your ability to experience the world around you, right? You could not have your taste of smell, and if you didn't, you might not realize that your house smells like a rat's nest, right? You're just in it all day long, and someone comes over like, what in the world is going on in here, you know, if you knew them that well? And he's like, something smells horrible in here, and they say, Sorry, I just didn't smell anything. You know, the kids would come over and they bring their kids over and one of the kids is running around with a dirty diaper or something and they're like, are we like, can you not smell that? No, you're gonna have to tell me when they have a dirty diaper because I can't tell it. I'm like, okay, we will definitely tell you. When you don't have that sense of smell, you can't navigate the world around, you can't see, you can't sense what's going on. You can't taste, you can't taste when your food is bad. If you had COVID taste problems, you could be eating something rancid and you wouldn't even know it because your taste is gone, right? And you're like, until the next day, you're like, oh, I'm starting to feel another sense right in here that something's wrong here. When you don't have your senses, you cannot navigate the world around you. When you're limited here, you're limited here. And God has given us spiritual senses that are just as powerful and real. But in order to experience your spiritual senses, they have to be trained. They have to be developed. Most Christians have not taken the steps to fully train their spiritual senses and as a result, move through their life blind to the fact that God is working in their midst and they can't see him or that evil agreements are around them and strongholds are developing, but because they have not trained their senses, they cannot recognize them for what they are. They have COVID spiritual senses. Are you with me? And so Jesus calls us to a level where he says your spiritual senses must be trained. In Hebrews 5, 14, it says that solid food belongs to those who are of full age. He's talking about spiritual solid food, the deeper truths. Those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You have been given spiritual senses, but unless you exercise and train them, you will not be able to recognize when truth and lies are right in front of you. When God is at work around you or the enemy is at work around you, you'll just move right on through life like somebody walking through their house with COVID smell, not aware of the stench that's in their place. Many Christians are walking through life not recognizing the spiritual stench that's around them, that there are deceptions and lies that they're believing and falling into and being held by because they have not trained their spiritual senses. Amen? Are you with me? So when it comes to this idea of fasting, what we are doing is limiting, denying our natural senses and appetites, my natural appetite for food, for comfort, for pleasure, for sleep, for all of those things, I am intentionally denying my natural urges and appetites and intentionally building up my spiritual appetites. This is the purpose of fasting, denying, and praying, accelerating. And it takes both of those, prayer and fasting. There are some strongholds that will not be broken until there is prayer and fasting. You will not recognize the evil that is present in a family member, a friend, all around you, if you are not praying 
and fasting. If you're not denying your natural urges and giving and feeding your spiritual urges, it is important for us as believers to take this next step, to grow up in our faith. Let's war up. Let's do this. Let's move on. Let's get to the next level. Let's pass the elementary stage. Let's move on. Let's become warriors for Christ, especially in this day. Let's not be caught blindsided by what's happening in our world today. Let's be spiritually aware, radars on, aggressive in warfare, and knowing where the enemy is at work and where God is at work. Amen? Amen. You will, if all you do is yield to your urges and appetites all the time. If that's what your life is about, if you just, I feel an urge, I act on it. I'm hungry, I get the food. I want intimacy, I go for it. I want sleep, I do it. I want acceptance, I chase it. I want this pleasure, I go after it. If that is how you live your life, always yielding to your natural urges, then you will be numb, blind to spiritual discernment, to spiritual activity happening around you because these two go hand in hand. You won't have the ability to sense where God is at work around you. You won't have the ability to sense what God is saying in any given moment. You won't have the power to break habits and see strongholds pulled down because these require spiritual senses. The spiritual issues that are around us today, it's so easy in this world today. We've, we've so dismissed the spiritual that we wanna attribute every problem today to someone's Enneagram. I didn't say Instagram. You know what I'm talking about? Enneagram. Personality types. We want to attribute it to their uh, upbringing, to their uh, psychological condition, their emotional standpoint. Those may all play a factor, but look, we've got to get our radars, radars on and start sensing where God is in a moment, where evil agreements have been made in a moment and begin to cast those down. Are you with me this morning? All right. Amen. So, Spiritual senses. God has given us a vast array of spiritual senses. Let's talk about these for just a moment. They are uh, equally as real, if not more, than even our own natural senses. They are critical for us to develop. They are essential for us to know. We have to train these and develop these because God has given us spiritual senses and they correlate, believe it or not, to our natural senses. So just as we have these five natural senses, God has also given us some spiritual senses that he intends for us to train and develop. For example, you have been given the ability to have spiritual perception. All right, that marker is just not gonna play fair. I'm gonna go back to the white one here. Spiritual perception. Did you know that you have in your disposal as a believer in Jesus Christ the ability to perceive when God is in a space? You have in your ability the ability to walk into a space, a relationship, an environment, and be able to sense God is here. Now, I love hearing the stories when people come here to Vertical for the first time and they walk in and they say, I know God is in this place. I know there is love here. I know there is truth here. Before anything is ever said or the first note is played, they tell us those stories. I love hearing that because that means God is here, obviously, but that their spiritual radar is on. Their perceptors are on. And so you and I are called to have this perception, this ability to perceive God, not just in a space, but every time I take his word and read it, to perceive, oh, here is God. Oh, here is God's hand at work. Oh, here is what God is saying to me, to perceive to perceive when God is speaking. Does it ever weird you out when someone says, you know, the Lord told me the other day that I need to say this to you, or the Lord told me the other day to give this to you, or the Lord told me the other day to go to this place. You're like, he did? Did he send you a text, email, what? What was that? No, God speaks to his people 
but he speaks in our spirit. But to hear that, you've got to have your spiritual perceptors trained to hear his voice. I'm not talking about an audible voice that we hear with our spiritual, I mean, our physical hearing, but a spiritual sense that God said this to me. That is a spiritual sense that is to be trained and developed to perceive God's voice, to perceive God's hand, to perceive even the presence of evil in a spot. I believe that Jesus following women have this ability and skill more than Jesus following men. Because my wife, on many occasions, has said to me, I sense something that's not right here. I can tell you personal stories. I'm not gonna have time this morning, but I can tell you stories of where Heather said, something's not right about this situation. Something's not right about that person. And I'm like, I don't see it. I don't get it. I don't know. A little time passed, and she was exactly right. There is a sense that God gives Jesus following women. He gives it to men too, but I'm telling you, listen to those godly women in your life. They have sense perceptors, I believe spiritually, that are stronger than us men, and we need that in our life. It is a skill to be developed. Jesus has given that to us. The Spirit of God gives us that. But also another spiritual perception he's given us is understanding. This is where I have comprehension of what God is doing. This is where I understand what he is saying. I can open God's word and I don't have to say, none of this makes any sense to me. I instead can say, oh God, I've prayed and I understand what your word is saying to me. It makes sense to me. I can apply it to me. I understand. This is a spiritual skill. So in this situation for Jesus and this boy, Jesus asked a question and Jesus had his perception and understanding radar on. And Jesus identified what was going on in this young boy. Man, in our world today, this is what believers need. You need to be able to understand what's happening in our world. You need to be able to not just dismiss it or buy into all of it. You need to have clear spiritual perceptors to understand what's happening in our world today so that you can see God in it and you can see lies in it. You need to be able to pick up when agreements are being handed to you and asking you to buy into them. Spiritual understanding helps us understand God's word, understand what God is saying, understand his will, understand how to pray, understand what's happening beyond the surface, understand where strongholds are, and to sense God in it. But God also has given us a spiritual sense related to our physical sense of touch, and it is spiritual awareness. It is the ability to be aware of where truth is and where lies are, where the spirit is and where evil is, to sense God in a room and move and sense the atmosphere and pray and recognize God in the moment. It's related to our sense of touch, but it's a spiritual sense of touch that says, God, I sense you in this place. I sense you in this moment. I sense you in what you're doing in my life. And then related to smell, God also gives us a spirit of discernment to be able to recognize a truth from a lie to discern between what is right and what is not to discern between spirits in a place to discern between lies and agreements and what God is saying in a spot and discern okay what is happening here in this space what is happening here in this relationship when I talk to people or when people come to say, hey, let's talk through some things about what's going on in my life right now. I am praying for discernment in that moment. I am looking for what God has to say in this space because I know he's speaking. I know his spirit is alive. I know he is moving and he's powerful. So I'm praying, God, 
show me. I want my spiritual senses engaged here and I want them sharp. I want them engaged. And then the last one here for taste. God has given us a spiritual sense to be able to separate things, to separate what is right from what is wrong, to separate and choose to walk in the path that is God's and not walk in the path that is not his. It's just like when you taste something, you can taste it and say, this is disgusting, right? This is delicious. This is awesome. And I'm going to take it in as a result of the taste that I have. When your spiritual discernment is engaged, when your spiritual senses are engaged, then you know what to take in. You know what to bind and know what to loose. And you know how to engage based on your spiritual senses. This is what Jesus was doing in this moment. And this is what his disciples had not done. So, Our first point is we must be trained, but secondly, our spiritual senses see past the surface. Boy, it would have been easy in that moment with this young boy to have said, oh, this is obviously a physical condition. I've seen this before. I've heard doctors talk about it before. I know what this is. But Jesus says, no, you don't know what this is because I'm looking at this from God's perspective and I have a discernment here that goes beyond the surface. There's a lot of issues today that we play off for other things and miss the reality of what God is doing and saying in the moment because we don't have our spiritual discernment engaged. And Jesus did that in that moment. But spiritual senses also awaken with intentionality. If you're going to engage, if you're going to get to this level, you're going to have some discernment, you're going to have some awareness, you're going to have some spiritual power, it will require some intentionality. It will require taking some steps. This does not just happen on its own. You're going to have to move into a new level of warfare. You're going to have to move into a new space. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says this, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. The natural man doesn't understand what we're talking about here. You try to talk to a coworker, family member, a friend about some spiritual truths, and they just like, huh? And they start, they change the subject right away off to something else. You know what I'm talking about? Because they can't sense what's happening because their spiritual senses are not engaged. But you and I are called to know truth. So the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. They come in through our spirit, and that only happens when you and I are willing to get to a place of doing the work of praying and fasting, of sharpening our spiritual senses to recognize God in a moment. Jesus said, If you can believe, all things are possible for the one who believes. You say, well, I am a believer. Well, the disciples were believers too, but there are other truths that we must walk into to believe. You must believe that he has riches for you in Jesus Christ. You must believe that the word of God is true. You must believe that he has called you to warfare. You must believe that the spirit is within you. You must believe that there are spiritual forces at play today. You must believe that agreements with them can cause addictions and bondage and strongholds. You must believe that by praying and wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age and spiritual hosts of wickedness, that you can pull them down. It requires believing that. Are you with me? Just curious. How many of you say, this is just all a little weird, but I say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I'm just curious. Anybody? Okay, good, thank you. I I appreciate your honesty. I agree, but let's keep pressing forward and saying like this father, I believe. I wanna believe these things. I wanna believe that I'm called to warfare. I wanna believe that I have this power. I want to believe that I have spiritual senses. I want to walk into all of this because Jesus said, for those who will believe, all things are possible. Now, let's move on. Our spiritual senses increase our confidence. 
You see, Jesus walked up on this situation with this young boy and Jesus didn't walk up and say, oh, oh man, what are we going to do? Disciples, what do you think? That's really unusual. Really strange. I'm going to have to just leave. This is too weird. I'm out of here. Yeah, that's not what Jesus did. Jesus walked up on it and said, hey, what are y'all doing? Oh, really? How long has this been going on? Come out of him, you deaf and dumb spirit, and enter him no more. Whew. That is confidence walking up into a space. And you say, well, that's awesome. That's Jesus. True. Guess what? That same Jesus is Jesus in you. The spirit was with Jesus is the spirit in you. The same thing that Jesus did is what he gifted his disciples to do. That same thing that he's called the disciples to do is what you and I are called to. We're called to that same level of discernment, awareness, and application, and confidence of speaking and saying, no more, you spirit of fear in my life, be gone. Hello? No more, you spirit of conflict in my marriage, be gone. No more, you spirit of distraction in my kids, be gone. No more, you spirit of lies in my family, be gone. There is a level of warfare that you and I are called to that has that same level of confidence where we speak boldly into that. You pray boldly into that. And that may be new for you, good. That means we're growing up in Christ. Amen? That means I want to get there. That means I'm going to step up into that. I may not know what to say, but I want to be able to say it. Amen. I'm with you. Prayer and fasting are what sharpen your spiritual senses. The way to that place is by being in a place where you say, God, I believe you. And this is real. Therefore, I am going to begin a practice of denying myself what is comfortable and natural in the physical realm. And I am going to intentionally build my spiritual life. I don't know what it is for you this week, but maybe you take some time and say, I'm not going to eat for this meal this day. I am not going to get on social media for this amount of time. I am not going to watch movies. I'm going to get up early. I don't know what it is for you. Even Daniel in the Old Testament, he chose to limit the kinds of food he ate, though he was still eating. He chose to limit his natural desires so that he could focus on his spiritual desires. It's both prayer and fasting. And I believe this is the day that Jesus has gone his church to grow up into that. Amen. I want us to be that. I want us to be that body that senses God's presence, that senses when there's evil and calls it out and speaks boldly and speaks boldly in our families. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads together. Father, I thank you for what you're doing, for how you're leading, you're guiding, you're building your church, and you're calling us to new places that we haven't been before. You're calling us to new places of confidence and boldness and strength and discernment and awareness. But God, we are not we are not shaken by what we don't understand. In fact, we are like this man in the story. Lord, we believe. Now help our unbelief. And we will obey. We will walk. We will grow up. We will stand up. We will war up. We will do what you've called us to do. Because you've called us as the church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church that lifts you up. So God, we will be that church. I know that's what you're doing today. You're calling all to yourself because we are choosing to lift you up and leave you out here in this place. So I thank you for this. I thank you for the challenge. I thank you for the boldness in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we'll come back next week and we'll take on the next step of this prayer and fasting thing. But this morning, I want to introduce to you someone who's being baptized today. Let me have Rachel Smith come up and uh, I want to talk with Rachel for just a minute. Got a microphone, good. Take the board. All right, Rachel, come on up. I'm glad you're here. This is Rachel Smith. Rachel, tell everybody the city you live in. I live in Denton, Texas. Wow. <laughs> Denton, Texas. Hey, Phil. Are you helping out? Cool. All right. She lives in Denton, Texas and comes down here weekly to be part of what Vertical is about, what God is doing here at Vertical. Amen. So... 
when she started coming every Sunday after the message, she was quick up here like, I've got a few questions. And so and I love that because she's applying truth. God's speaking to her and she wants to live this stuff out. So we met uh, her and a friend of hers and Truett and I met a couple weeks back and she started telling me about what God was doing in her life. And then she concluded all that by saying, I want to be baptized. So I'm going to let Rachel tell the story of what God has done in her and why she's here today. Uh, first of all, it took me a long time to find a church that I was comfortable with. And I go with the Holtzman family and his kids. Um, more recently, in the past few months, I've noticed God changing my life in amazing ways. I've had a stronger relationship with my family, my dad, and I've seen the way that God has affected my life um, in ways that I just can't believe. I've started to lead Bible studies with my friends and my family, and I've been able to pray in front of people out loud, and I've just seen the different environmental changes and spiritual changes in my life. <laughs> yeah, it's good. You good? Yeah. And so with all of that, she said, I want to make this public. I want others to see my declaration to be a follower of Jesus Christ. So that's what we're doing here this morning. So let's head back. There's some baptism back here. Yeah. Here we go. So Rachel, I'm excited. We believe that God has created you. He's recreated you in Jesus Christ. You've been made new. And he has a purpose for your life. To serve him and to be a light and a testimony for others. And so I'm grateful for what he's doing in you. And I'm grateful for all the church family that's here and family that's here. So take a moment to take all this in, all these folks here that celebrate with you what God is doing. Jesus Christ died for you. He rose again for you so that your past could be buried. And that's what these waters represent. Death to old Rachel and new Rachel raised in Jesus Christ. So Rachel, I baptize you as my sister in Christ. You are buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. Amen. Amen. That is awesome. Yeah. All right. Let's finish up today like this. Let's lift him up and... Amen. Amen. We'll see you all next week.